Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, it's Justin Hawk from Rightsource here, talking governance and not-for-profits. It's pretty exciting stuff. Working with a few not-for-profits, or no, not they're not actually not-for-profits yet. They're actually people starting up. They've got a purpose, and they're looking to start up a not-for-profit. And it's a very exciting time um, starting up a not-for-profit and seeing uh, seeing people with a passion to, to go out and achieve a purpose or where they've seen something that can be made better and they just want to give it a crack. But it's not about them. It's about setting up it's about setting up this organization that will be there for the long term to fix that problem or fill that need that they see. And obviously working with these people to set up the not-for-profit, one of the things that um, comes up as a, a question that, that especially when you're starting a business and, and, and maybe you haven't run a business or maybe you have run a business before, but it's always been for-profit, something that's peculiar about not-for-profit um, businesses is that you need to have a board or quite often you need to have a, a management committee members committee but generally speaking it's a board it might be called different things that's not something you would normally see if you were starting up a, a social enterprise for profit or your own business you just go off and you set up a company and off you go whereas in that not-for-profit space there is a requirement through the ACNC through the, the governance requirements of not-for-profits to have a board set up so how do you set up a board I mean what is it what do you how do you go about that when you've never done that before well, first of all, there's a little bit of understanding the why. So that's always important for anything you're doing from governance is understanding the why, understand its purpose, because with purpose, you can bring it alive. Like any other living thing, if you've got purpose, you can bring life to it and bring meaning, which is the importance with all this thing, all this work we do on governance. So why do you need a board? Well, often it's, the, it's a legal requirement, as we said, they, through ACNC or through the other legal doc, legal. Um, processes that you go through in setting up not-for-profit and quite often it's also, well, it is part of your constitution. So when you set up a not-for-profit with the constitution, in that constitution there's going to be a requirement for a board. So that's why you need to do it. Great. How do you go about that? So you as the founder, do you get to be on the board? Well, you can be. Can the board that you set up, because being the founder you've set up this not-for-profit, can the board that you set up then kick you off the not-for-profit? Well, yes, they can. That should be, I suppose, initially a lot of founders are like, well, hold on a second, I want to set this not-for-profit up to fix this purpose. And it comes down to a really fundamental question. Is this about you as the founder or is this about the purpose you're following? If it's about you as the founder and you want to be in control and this is yours and you want to do it and you ultimately want to benefit from it, not-for-profit isn't your thing. You should set up a social enterprise or for-profit entity that you own and you control and run it that way. If, however, when you have that conversation with yourself and you go, well, ultimately, if I'm not on this organization anymore, but the purpose is still being fulfilled, is that okay? If that is okay, well, that's what a not-for-profit is. The point of having that not-for-profit board is so that the not-for-profit is set up in a way that it will continue on after you're gone. If that purpose is still needing to be fulfilled, that entity will continue to do it after you're no longer able to take part. And 
that ultimately to me is one of the exciting parts of setting up a not-for-profit is that we're setting up this entity that will be there for as long as it's needed to fill the purpose that we're seeing is needing to be filled that benefits society that fills a gap that helps people in need i mean that's that's why we set up a not-for-profit so that's why you need a board so once once you're past or understand the fact that you know a board is is there to ensure the longevity of the organization then it really comes down to okay well who do i have on my board how do i work out how do i how i put people on my board and that's again you go back to the why well the why is for the board is to make sure the organization runs well and continues to run so you want to make sure you understand the capabilities you want to bring onto that board that's the starting point this isn't saying you're going to get them all but at least start with a wish list of this is the stuff that I want people to have who are on the board of the company. So things that you'll want is someone who probably is comfortable chairing the board, someone who probably possibly has some experience in boards before or in governance. You're going to want people who have a, an understanding of finance because there's a financial obligation with running a board to make sure the company continues to survive and doesn't trade insolvent. Um, you're going to want people with IT, HR, legal, you're probably going to want some operational experience as well. So in however you're running or thinking you're going to run your organization, someone who has seen that done before, not necessarily run it, but is familiar with it so that they can help set it up and make sure that it's running effectively. You're probably also going to, because you're not-for-profit and you're probably be set up in a way that you're able to raise funds, you're probably going to want to have someone who's familiar with fundraising. Now, either that be through donations or potentially dealing with government, depending on, again, where you think your funding is going to come from. Or, I mean, some of it may come from operations as well, but it's it's having that, that set. Now, you do want to actually sort of write this down and go, well, these are the skills I want. And then it's a recruitment process. Now, that, again, can be done a number of different ways. It can be your network. Now... I caveat friends, getting to business with your friends can be good and bad. So make sure you've got a, an open relationship if you're going to bring people on that you have, I suppose, a personal relationship as well. But you do want to have a relationship with these people. So ultimately, it can be a good thing. But your network is a good place to start. But also, there's definitely a lot of places you can go to recruit where um, organizations will give you that for free. So uh, Women on Boards is a good organization. The Governance Institute, there's a number out there where if you're looking for volunteer directors, they will quite often allow you to advertise that and for no or very, very small charge. Um, and that can help you get a good pool of people to bring on those capabilities that you need. And with any recruitment process, as you, as, and I suppose resourcing process, as you fill positions, you do want to have, I suppose, an understanding of the roles of each of the directors. Now, there will be a generic, there should be a generic director's role in terms of, well, this is what your responsibilities are as a director, just to make sure everyone's aware of the of their responsibilities. But then you may have certain directors, especially the initial phase of a not-for-profit who are looking at specific things. So you might have one director that's really focused on getting operations up and running, another that's looking at the back office, another that potentially is um, helping with fundraising or advocacy or all those type of things. So elicit what those different responsibilities are. Now, as you can see, that there was three there. How many, that's the next question, obviously, how many directors should you have on your board? Generally, three is a minimum, generally. Obviously, the more people you have, 
it can get more complicated to manage. But you know, initially three, definitely fine. If you can get a couple more, that helps in terms of people can't turn up or if people decide that the, this directorship's not for them, which they can be. So you know, three to five is a good place to start. Sounds like a lot of people to go and find. Um, but that gives you that flexibility. The other thing to consider, obviously, in bringing three to five people together in, in a board, and this is probably one of the most fundamental things to think about, so sort of left that to the good bit to the end, was that this is all about starting the culture of your organization. So in all of the, all the work that's done on um, culture of organizations, it always comes back to culture comes from the top. Culture starts at the board and culture starts at the start. So this point in time when you're setting up your organization, you're picking those people you want to work as part of your board, these people are the ones that are going to build your culture. So you want to make sure that the cultural fit of these people are correct, which is interesting because you want cultural fit, but you haven't actually got a culture yet. So it's about when you're thinking through the capabilities of, the, of what you want on the board, you're also wanting to think of how they will work culturally. How will they actually work together and what culture will this help create? Because that this is the time to create that culture because it's so much easier to get the culture right now than try and fix it once you've got a staff of 40 and there's already endemic issues. So culture now, definitely consider that. Some procedural stuff, how often do I need to have meetings? Well, you have meetings as often as you need to make decisions. So at the start, probably a lot, probably once a month. Um, as you hopefully hire staff and you start to have people that you're delegating work to, so through the delegations of authority, we've got another video on that, um, you can start potentially having maybe less frequent meetings and probably the, the discussions of those meetings will move away from operations and be more strategic. But it depends. It, you really have a meeting as you need, but don't have a meeting for the sake of a meeting. Have it because you need it. The last thing in terms of the procedural stuff is that I mean, you're building your culture, you're starting to understand the operations of the organization, you're starting to bring it to life. During this time, start building the governance framework. So you don't need to put everything in place, but you know, you, we've already discussed, you know, having a position description for directors, that's useful. Having a delegation of authority, that's useful. Have, having, I suppose, uh, an agreement on how meetings are gonna run and frequency, what's gonna be tabled, that's useful. How they're gonna be chaired. So start putting those governance frameworks so when you discuss something, just get it written down. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be in a software system. It just, just document it. And that way you can start building on it. And it's there to, as a start. And, you know, those 1%, every time you just do a little bit more and then, you know, in a couple of years as your organization has grown, so is your governance framework. And that's can then help obviously lift your organization even further. So that's it. That's a pretty fun discussion. I really enjoy um working with, as I said, those people looking to start up a not-for-profit and who are really driven by that purpose that they've they've come to that, that sort of lit them up and really driving them forward. And this process of setting up a board can be quite interesting and challenging at the same time. So hopefully that's given you a bit of insight in terms of how you go about setting up a board. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.